As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a podcaster. Welcome to another edition of We Need to Talk About Movies. Brought to you by Banterflix.com. And now, here's your host, Jim McClain. That's about as much Italian-American <laughs> as you're going to get out of me during this podcast. Thank goodness. Hello, I'm Jim McLean. Welcome to this very special edition of the Band of Flicks Cinecast as we look back at a film that's argued to be Martin Scorsese's third masterpiece. A film that kicked off the 90s. It is, of course, Goodfellas. Now, on this week's show, I'm joined by three wise guys who definitely won't squeal. I'm joined by James Mahan from the Pop-Up Film Club. Thanks. I'm joined by Neil Sadwick. Hello. And Jack McFadden. Hello, folks. Guys, just before the show, I went online and I've given you all, I went on, I forget what the name of the exact website is, but I've, I've given you all, the rest of the show, your mobster names. And I'm quite impressed with this. So I'll start with you, Neil. You are Neil Sedgwick and you are Claudio the Bookie. I don't know why. Right. I don't know. I lit, I just stepped him in. Jack, you are now known as Fast Silvio Bruno. Uh, James, oh, like James Mahan is Sly Roberto Santero. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> and I'm actually, but, Freaked out by mine. Mine is Alphonse the Pimp. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. Judging what, by that accent at the start, that is completely. That could be way. That definitely could be. But uh, we will move on, gentlemen, and get stuck into the show. Okay, so we'll start off with Goodfellas. As I said there at the start of the show, it was released in 1990 with the tagline "Murderers come with smiles." It's a really weird tagline. For me, but that is what, of course, they signed off on. Gents, before we start talking about Scorsese's other mobster films and other mobster films in general, we'll start talking about Goodfellas. And whoever wants to fire away first. You know this question that we always get asked. What is your favourite film? Okay. And it's a question that I don't really like to answer because I think that can shift and and stuff. But this is one of my answers. It's in the list. It's in the list. It's, It's one of the great films not just a mob film but for me one of the great films uh out there certainly the last 25 years and i love it the bits i first saw it saturday afternoon moment i went out and i had a video um my dad had a video of it on uh-huh. vhs taped off channel for pencil goodfellas on the label and i stuck this in not knowing what it was and they closed the trunk at the start and i was mm. like i am in all the way wherever this goes i am yeah. in and it just took off from there and i i adore it okay Jack, what about you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm very much the same. I love Goodfellas. Um, although I would take issue with your intro. I think it's Martin Scorsese's fourth masterpiece. Okay. Yeah, but okay. anyway, that's an aside. But I think it's fabulous. I think it's one of Scorsese's most accomplished works just because of how well it's written, yeah. how well it's directed as well, and how just incredibly entertaining it is. Mm-hmm. And every single aspect of it, it's an incredible achievement on practically every artistic level you can think of in cinema. Just the editing is fantastic by Thelma Schoonmaker. Yeah. The dialogue is amazing. Just everything about it, it's just a fantastic watch. Yeah. And you don't, I mean, often with the classics, you kind of think, yeah, it's one you need to watch yeah. to get an idea of like if it was groundbreaking, things like that. But this is something when someone tells you to watch it, you could happily, happily watch it and watch yeah. it over and over and over again. 
So yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. It, it is one of those films we talked about this before with Jurassic Park, and I know I'm not comparing the two. If I find it on TV and you're flicking through the channel, and no matter what stage it is in the film, I'll always end up sitting watching Goodfellas as well. I don't know. Maybe mm. that's just me. Yeah. No, yeah. Same with Jurassic Park. Agree. Even if it's like pretty much near the end, you go, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll see it to the end. James, what about you? What do you think of Goodfellas? Oh, I adore it. Um, yeah. I think it was the first Scorsese film I actually had the pleasure of watching. Uh, and it, it's maybe as big. I mean, there's so many, sort of, so much room for argument within that. And uh, yeah. never mind, you know, the best movie of all time. Is yeah. it his best? Is, is, is probably another argument that you yeah. could spend hours on. The, the story itself, you know, going from this, this kid outside, sort of the traditional roots and, and growing up idolizing these wise guys, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's, it's a really nice journey, you know, and it, it's, it's sort of, yeah, like a lot of Scorsese ones, a, a movie of two, two halves starting and there's the, yeah. the, the downfall nearly, which is, it, I mean, is. it is like, it's got one of the best opening lines in the film. It's from my terrible impersonation and slight um, changing of the wording there. But <laughs> like, I love that line. As far as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I love mm. that line. And this is something, uh, just because I was talking to someone before the show about this, do you think this is a film that really, in a way, like, can it glamorizes the mafia? I see, I don't think it does. But I know there's other people like, uh, we'll come on to this later between the God, the Godfather and Goodfellas. Yeah. Do you think this film glamorizes the mafia? Uh, well, you've got that opening line, but then you have to remember what the rest of the film, what everything else is, unfo- how it unfolds. There's a, there's a point, I watched a little documentary making of today before we mm-hmm. came down, and there's a point, somebody pointed out that the point at which Spider gets shot in the bar is the turning point for the film. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. up until then, you're on that journey and you want them to become mm-hmm. the mobster. Yeah. You want the postman to go in the oven. You want the, all those things to happen. And then when he gets shot in the foot, everybody just kind of goes, ooh, yeah. <laughs> these are these are unstable individuals we're dealing with here. These aren't these wise cracking, hey, I've got a yeah. puppy and a burp. It's not all that. There's yeah. a really nasty dark side to these guys as well. And that's when that kind of descent Start. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree with that. I think uh, this is a criticism you hear a lot of Goodfellas, but I think it's absolutely untrue because no, I, I would agree of for a certain things exactly what Neil said. But I would even argue it happens before that. I think one of the most important parts of Goodfellas is, and it's a testament to Scorsese's direction as well. It's one. It's the scene in which um, uh, Henry beats up one of Karen's neighbors. Yeah, and. Karen says that it turns her on. Yeah, that's what I was going to come to later point, on. Yeah. The way that it's shot, though, is completely different. Because up until then, Schoonmaker, again, has been jump cutting and editing and flash bulb editing and all these really fancy dance stuff that makes it look as if it's such a glamorous thing. Because that's what it does. The first yeah. half of it maybe sets up, it looks amazing. The second half of it shows how it's a nightmare. But the way that Henry beats him up, the camera is completely still and the mm-hmm. camera is static. But the important thing is that there's two other guys in the frame and they react with absolute... You know, they're absolutely appalled by what they see and they are, re- they represent what the audience, I mean, anybody with a shred of empathy would react that way. And that's how we, the audience, suddenly yeah. it doesn't seem glamorous anymore. It just seems messy and yeah. brutal and violent. And that's the point at which you think, you know what, this is quite horrible and it just gets worse and worse and yeah. worse from there. You know, I would agree. Like, I'm trying to, because I'm, I, I can't remember exactly the chronological, the chronological order of the film, but I know there's that the infamous scene is, of course, I'm funny high. Mm-hmm. I'm usually all that. I can't remember if that sequence is after or before that, but everyone talks about that one sequence on its own. But the moment you realize Joe Pesci is completely unhinged, it's just after that, that little, that little bit has on play, played out. 
and you've got the manager of the the bar coming over and asking to settle his bill, and he just goes from yeah, he goes like crazy. He just goes absolutely yeah, just goes crazy, and mm. you're like kind of going yeah. You don't want to mess with Joe Pesci. Yeah, and then exactly. there's a sequence where they're they're burning down the bar and they're having this chat. And it's one of the things I, I don't know if we touched on this. I love the dialogue in Goodfellas. Yeah. It's so yeah. organic, and I believe like I kind of believe that when Karen says that that line, it kind of turned me on. You kind of go, yeah, you would kind of get that. But it's Joe Pesci and Ray Liotta are, are, are chatting, and Joe Pesci's going to go, and his character's going to go. She doesn't want to go out with me because I'm Italian. Doesn't want to go out because because she's a Jew. Pardon, I'm pardon the line, but this is what's said. And you're kind of go reading throughout this, and she's kind of going, she's prejudiced against Italians. You're like, kind of going, I don't think so. Yeah, I think I it's just pretty much else you, Joe Pesci. I don't think she wants to go out with you on her own. Yeah, but that's actually exactly the film. The film depicts them as incredibly deluded people, yeah. and mm-hmm. they just live in this bubble. And that's why I think Goodfellas is so clever because the title Goodfellas is completely ironic because yeah. they use it the actual phrase all the time in the movie people are referred to as yeah. good fellas and it's a term of endearment it's like a slap on the back for these guys mm-hmm. but then you look at scenes like this you think yeah it's all so funny isn't it guys it's the mafia oh, yeah. so funny it's just horrible it's a film i think you appreciate more when you get older i think when you watch it when you're when you watch it when you're young i think you do kind of find stuff funny and you kind of maybe find that joe pesci sequence really funny yeah but as you get older you realize no that's actually terrifying mm-hmm. this is the like i would not want to be stuck in a bar opposite and or put in that situation with joe pesci you, it just your skin crawls and you kind of go really otis kind of laughing it off and you're kind of going no I, I i i don't think so but in terms of talking about dialogue and there's a lot of memorable sequences in this film any other standout for you guys oh the coca cabana shot yeah i know it's really lavish and ostentatious yeah. but i th- Again, I think it's very deliberate because it shows you how enticing this world looks. Yeah. And look, he gets to skip the queue. He gets to go through all the little intricate, yeah. you know, pathways and everyone's smiling and everyone's handing him and everyone's opening doors and things like that. And Karen's got a big smile on her face and yeah. Henry looks like the bee's knees. But there's something else going on. Do you want to know, like that whole sequence came out completely by accident. They were refused entry into the club. So they had to basically, on spec, just basically come up with something and they created this wonderful Steadicam sequence. My favourite bit in that whole sequence when they're walking through... Now, we touched about this last week with uh, the Tom Cruise show. We talked about this in Magnolia. There's a similar type of sequence in that. But I just love, in that sequence in the club, whenever she comes right to the end and she just kind of turns to... uh, Karen kind of turns to uh, Henry and kind of goes, What do you do again? And you're just because oh, yeah. everyone's yeah, just yeah. kind of like, throw, and I just love like it's weird. He mishears her as well. He deliberately yeah. goes, "Sorry, what?" Yeah, and it's like, like I'm so, in construction. You're yeah. like, really? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, and it's just other sequences like that because the women in Goodfellas are really important because they're not really damsels in distress. Karen is not a damsel in distress. She is not mm. living in cuckoo land. She's not completely oblivious to what her husband's doing. Like especially in the film's final act, she is 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 part of the whole thing. She's in with mm. Cuckoo's there's a sequence where she kinda goes, I need a I need a line where they're like going from the helicopter. And they're doing mm. the guns delivery, and I think she kind of goes in and goes, Give me a snort of Coke and you're like she knows exactly what she's in for. And I think it's one of the best things about this film is just it's really and I think Karen sometimes overlooked in Goodfellas. People always talk about Robert De Niro and they always talk about Joe Pesci. But Lorraine Bracco, I think, is a fantastic actress. And yeah. she just gives a re- she's a really important part of Goodfellas. I love that mm-hmm. sequence where she kind of confronts the mistress. It's like she kind of ringing on everybody else's door. Yeah. Like, is, was it, there's a whore. There's a whore. I can't remember the she's house number. Button, yeah. But maybe, is that just me? Or I, I, don't, I can't no, think I, of it. No, no, no I, I agree with that. Yeah. Especially also that scene where... Um, 
I, why I find her character really interesting is because at the very start, she really dislikes Henry on the date that Henry is just an yeah. absolute asshole to her. And then she comes back, she drives to uh, where he wanted to be the whole time yeah. and actually gives it to him. And then suddenly he thinks, oh, there's more to this girl than yeah. I thought. And But it's all a- about that whole thing of hating this guy to begin with, but then slowly coming around to that lifestyle and then yeah. being dependent on that lifestyle. That's maybe a message that a lot of people don't necessarily like because it's kind of, it's very true, that, yeah. but it's, Scorsese just hits it on the head, I think. Yeah. And then another thing to talk about Karen I love is the wedding scene. The wedding scene is like everybody's like, it's like cousin, <laughs> second cousin. And <laughs> you just get, you literally, but you lit, it's the one time I do think you see her as kind of being like this person who's kind of letting her, it's when she kind of like everything washes over and she's kind of like swept away by all the money because everyone's just coming up giving her envelopes and it's like, this is my, I love that scene with Polly. It's like, is my second cousin, like little Polly <laughs> yeah. and everybody's <laughs> kind of called Polly. <laughs> yeah, and I just love that then it kind of cuts to her and she's kind of twirling around. I think, I think mm. they're dancing and it just kind of like, you're still going to go there got the money going around you're like <laughs> yeah yeah i i love that scene i love the wedding scene in that um any guys neil james what about yourselves any other scenes you want to talk about um god i love the the scene in the dining dining uh the diner yeah isn't it um towards the end where it's really things are starting to sort of come to a head yeah and uh you have transformed from like you said everyone getting these handouts and mm-hmm. and um you know you really start to see what it is, maybe a wee bit more to, to sort of run the risks and, and this is him really losing, um, everything that he's sort yeah. of done and, uh, you know, the relationships that he did have and had built up and obviously with Joe Pesci, yeah. um, earlier believing that he's been a made man and yeah. all that sort of stuff. I mean, it, it sort of comes to a head, um, towards the end. That's it just builds, uh, to a really sort of nice, mm-hmm. um, nice comeuppance, you know, yeah. and it's, it's, it, yeah, Joe Pesci get like I don't think there's anybody watching this film where he just go Joe Pesci doesn't get what he deserves in this film. He's just no, a, <laughs> he's just a nasty, nasty man. And like I love the fact that there's that scene where he kind of when he when he takes out the, the other made guy whose name has went out of my head. But I mean, he, he like it's the one time you mm-hmm. kind of see his ego being complete. Someone willing to take him on and just kind of go bruise his ego thing because he used to shine shoes when oh, he was yeah. younger. Yeah. Go get your it's like, go, shine, go shine your yeah. shoes, and I think yeah. he spit and polish, spit yeah. and polish, whatever they used to. Yeah. And uh, I love that scene because he kind of goes away and then he just kind of come back completely <laughs> yeah. out of the blue. I love the scene after that as well where they visit his mother's house. Yeah, and that yeah, is of course great. that is of course his oh, mother's yeah, his mom. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's Catherine both Spurs his Spurs mother and father in this film. Uh, I think his father. I think it's his character's only a Vinny. I don't know if he's ever on screen, but he's they talk to him on the phone. It's Martin Scorsese's dad as well. There you go. But um, but I like that scene as well because it it kind of shows you some a completely different angle from what you've been showing. Yeah. Seeing Joe Pesci here is his mother who genuinely loves him and genuinely cares for him. Mm-hmm. And that moment where he's actually killed at the end, then it talks about how his mother couldn't even give him an open casket funeral. Yeah. And then you kind of, even he's an absolute monster, you kind of feel sorry for him and his, no. he, not even a bit, <laughs> no. you have no empathy for him. No, even for his mother. No. no not even I, for his mother. I, uh, the I, poor re- woman. I really, really don't. Uh, another thing I've heard, I've discussed with people over this year, because we talked about this idea of glamorizing uh, the mobsters and gla- gla- uh, glamorizing um, the mafia. At the end, like, Henry Hill doesn't really make a conscious decision. He doesn't become a good guy. Like he doesn't yeah. make this, he doesn't decide. He at no point, at any point does he really kind of go, 
I've done wrong. He mm-hmm. just kind of, it's the, basically the only reason why he's back, he's going to the police and ratting everybody else out is because he's got no options yeah. left. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. it, it's not like this guy, you kind of go, he's not like kind of going, Oh, he's seen the error of his ways. He's a, he's a bad guy, but he's got a good heart. No, he's just doing what he can to survive. That's quite a thing with Martin Scorsese, though. He doesn't, yeah. you know, I mean, lead characters are not really, yeah. um, what is upstanding citizens upstanding, upstanding citizens, members you know, of the community. No, you know they they don't have this big moment of redemption uh, yeah. in, a, in a lot of I mean even on the his, his current work mm-hmm. you know or when I say current work but his sort of latest works they don't you know if you yeah. look at Wolf of Wall Street yeah yeah I mean Scorsese's films are really interesting because Redemption is a theme that is in almost every single one of them. Yeah. But it's a really strange form of redemption. Like in Taxi Driver, it's yeah. redemption, but a really twisted, perverted <laughs> one. And Raging Bull as well, yeah. he is redeemed at the mm-hmm. end. But it's, again, he's a completely broken man. But in this one, in Goodfellas, it's, it's, I think it's really, it might be my favorite aspect of the film because the whole movie is the, that kind of a film you would completely understand and expect it to turn out that, oh, Actually, you know what? I've been a horrible person this whole time because of the life we've led. But he doesn't give it to you because people like that in the real world actually don't. It's the exact same thing Mm -hmm. with with bankers today. And that's why I think there's a lot of problems with Wolf of Wall Street because these kind of things, these people who do these horrible things and break people's lives and destroy people's lives, they have the nerve to complain. Henry Hill just says, you know, I order... Meat, meatballs of marinara sauce and yeah. give me egg noodles and ketchup yeah. and he's complaining <laughs> even though he's got a witness protection program yeah. he doesn't go to jail having just did all of the following things rat out all the people he idolized in childhood mm-hmm. and he is the nerve to say I have to live the rest of my life like a schnook because of course this is the first book was of course based on Wise Guys which is mm-hmm. of course uh, Henry Hill followed up with um, Gangsters and Goodfellas that was his second book which was out a couple of years ago and he is completely unredemptive like he, he just he just he complains constantly about this life that he has to live now and he kind of it's a lot of it's kind of talking about um, the relationship between with, with De Niro because De Niro would phone him constantly trying to get information about how the character Jimmy kind of would would it, how would he have done this how would he have said that and he's like kind of complaining it's like kind of going to have De Niro on the phone and you're like kind of going each to their own, but I mean, <laughs> this is not someone I think I would want to be stuck with. I don't think I'd want to hang out with Henry Hill. Maybe, maybe in the early no. days, if I was going to be a gangster. But one character I love in this film, and I know he's a gangster, is Polly. I love <laughs> oh. Polly in this because, of course, Polly food plays a big important part of the of the mafia way. And there's this beautiful line at the start. I've written it down here. Uh, about Polly. Polly may have been slow, but that's because Polly didn't have to move for anybody. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. love that line. And <laughs> yeah. I love the actor that plays him. And it's the fact, it's that sequence again near the end where he kind of comes back. And I forget what it is. It's only a couple of grand that he offers Henry Hill at the end when he kind of comes to him, like begging for everything just because he's. Oh, yeah. And he's heartbroken about uh, yeah. it as well. And uh, Polly just kind of gives him like a couple of grand. It's like, that's all you're worth to me. He has that look in that mm-hmm. shot you're talking about, the barbecue, yeah. where he's just sitting eating and they're doing that voiceover of it. And he just has this death stare of, you kind of go, that big guy, like yeah. that big cuddly <laughs> teddy bear. And you're thinking, behind those eyes, that is not I know. a It's a guy you do not eyes. want to mess with. If the yeah. bear's going to tear it to shreds. But he, he said, Paul, Paul Sorvino. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. Right. And uh, he said that he, for a long time beforehand, he couldn't get that character. Right. And he couldn't get the look and he couldn't get the thing and he, he went Scorsese and said I can't I can't do this I can't get there and uh, on this wee documentary thing it was like he was going out one night he was checking his teeth and he 
looked in the mirror very quickly and jumped back because all of a sudden it just clicked yeah. and that was when Polly kind of came to life but he has this because it's all the very strong heavy thick American Italian yeah. accents but Paul Sorvino has this lovely kind of <laughs> yes and I told Martin that I couldn't possibly play this but like when you hear him in real life yeah. it's just a complete cutaway from yeah. that voice in the film and then I totally agree like I love the sequence where they're in prison I love the sequence where they're in prison and <laughs> yeah. they're using the razor blade for yeah, the garlic. Because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, food plays a big part of this film as well. So, gentlemen, want to talk a wee bit more about that? Wasn't there what? a cookbook made? Yes. Wasn't there a nice cookbook? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. off the back of the film. Yeah. There about how to make all the great Italian sauces exactly. and stuff. Yeah. I believe it's out there somewhere. Somebody will find that on Amazon yeah. and send us a link, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, like food's everywhere. It's all barbecues and it's all fresh. It's all, that prison sequence is great because you just imagine everybody else in the prison standing yeah. in line mm-hmm. going, where are those guys? And they're, going, they're up there with a couple of lobsters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just got some schlop. That's yeah. All we've yeah. Got. yeah, it's very part of the Thailand culture. I mean, I yeah. mean all yeah, the scenes in, so. in Goodfellas are, are a lot of them are based around dinner tables and mm-hmm. people yeah. chatting, whether it's a dinner scene where Tommy goes on my funny or where he goes to see his mother. I mean, it's again, she's serving. She, I love about that is that she's constantly trying to get the eat something, you know, eat yeah. this mm-hmm. and eat this. Here, come on, please, come on, take this and stuff yeah. like that. Because that's, that's the Italian mother, yeah. which I yeah. love. It's a full blown spread in that sequence. As well. <laughs> I know, and it's it like is. the middle that's, of the night. I pop the kettle on. Yeah. I've got some digestives. It's a full blown, yeah. full table and stuff. A lot to do with the mafia and that sort of stuff is the family aspect. Yeah. You know, you're part of yeah. the family. You know, and it yeah. is sort of that whole sort of culture. And I think what the great thing about Goodfellas is it's it's people standing on the outside of that. You know, I mean, Rayleigh with his character Henry can never be a part of the family yeah. because he's not. Um, not Italian, yeah. and it's the same with De Niro's uh, James character. Yeah. You know, they they can't be made men. They can't aspire to. And looking around, and obviously jealousy and everything sort of kicks in the longer it goes. And um, no, it is. It's it's that sort of. I think food plays a part in in sort of bringing that. And a lot of the best scenes in Goodfellas are the scenes at home. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. vaguely remember. I haven't seen it in about a year, which is really unfortunate. But uh, the uh, the house scenes of Ray Liotis, um, you yeah. know, and the parties are fantastic. Yeah. I love it when he's like, especially near the end when they're like, he's worrying about the helicopter, but at the same time he's kind of phoning home to phone his brother. Yeah, don't let, the, stir, stir the, the sauce. sauce, don't let the sauce mm. burn. <laughs> and he's coked out of his mind and he still can, all he can think about is like the cutlets for the meat and this, that, and other. And you're like, yeah. kind of go, you have bigger priorities. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we kind of move on from Goodfellas, we've touched on this, but it's just because I've got it written down here. What, like, I know we've mentioned the cinematography, but it's Michael Ballhaus who does the cinematography here, and there's some amazing scenes. I love mm-hmm. the opening sequence, yeah. where it's like kind of like the, you kind of don't know if these guys, well, you kind of guess that they're mobsters and up to no good, but it's like you hear the bang in the boot, and you're like kind of going, "What's that?" And they open up the boot, and it's, they're <laughs> they're all in the bathed in like the mm-hmm. red light yeah. of the of the, the yeah. of the brake light, mm-hmm. and they open it up, and it's just the other guy. Then it just goes full on. And then there's a sequence near the end again where they come they're back to that, the and they're digging up the body, and yeah, it's all and it's completely red. red. Yeah. yeah, it's very similar to um, Scorsese loves red. He uses yeah. it a lot in Mean Streets as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in the bar scenes, yeah. it's co- it's like a, this hellish pit. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. all it's like fiery and horror. It just looks horrible. And but you're absolutely right. The cinematography in Goodfellas yeah. is class. It's Cause, amazing because when you see when I anytime I see the scenes with the, like the the bathed in red, I always kind of think of it's a lesser known Scorsese film and it's slightly underrated. Although I haven't seen it in a while, so I, I I'm careful of standing over that statement. 
Bringing Out the Dead with Nicolas Cage. It's a really... That's a very nicely shot. It film. is amazing. There's there's flaws there, but yeah. I mean, I think it's the same cinematographer in that. And there's a lot of that kind of like as they're flashing, as they're driving past an the ambulance, there's a lot of like people in red light and caught in that kind of bathe and colour. But... um I think we've talked about Goodfellas for we we're gonna we can still talk about Goodfellas as we go on, but we'll open it out, gentlemen. I wanna ask you, because this was the whole point of this podcast where it came out, was chat with a few friends at out and a few drinks. Is Goodfellas the definitive gangster movie? And I suppose the other one to compare it with is we don't have to go into details here, is The Godfather. The Godfather trilogy. These have also got like the likes no, of we Scarfie. Don't, we don't call the trilogy. The trilogy. There's two. There's two. There's two. Um, <laughs> I'm going to open Let's it up. Establish that right now. I'm going to keep going. I can't think. You've also got like, there's the other one with De Niro. Um, it's Once Upon a Time in America. There's a, a lot of other. And the 1930s ones with James Yes, Cagney. indeed. Which like, I mean, Tommy himself. He's essentially yeah. a James Cagney. In the very last shot where he fires a gun before, yeah. just before the credits, that's from The Public Enemy, which I love. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little Scorsese illusion. Well, as I'm saying, do you feel Goodfellas is definitive in the gang, in, for a gangster movie? Like, do you compare, like, I mentioned The Godfather there. Do any of prefer, I, I personally prefer Goodfellas over The Godfather, personally, because I can watch Goodfellas in a two and a half hour sitting, and that's me done, dusted. If I watch The Godfather, I genuinely am going to sit and go, I'm going to want to watch Godfather mm. 2 now. Because it was on Sky Movies that one night they had two, one, two, and three back to back. And I watched one. I came in maybe at just kind of my favorite scene, actually, with The Godfather, with uh, Martin Brando in hospital when Pacino mm-hmm. goes to visit him. Yeah. Came in through there and kind of went, I'm going to watch this. End up watching Godfather 2 and watched a bit of Godfather 3 in a weird parallel universe where it mm-hmm. doesn't really exist, but it's there. And it's it's a long sit to sit through that, which is why I think Goodfellas is. That's why I prefer Goodfellas, and I think it's definitive because you go on that complete odyssey from 1950s to 1980s with Henry Hill, and it's done and dusted. But maybe I'm wrong. What do you think, guys? Um, I mean, it's tough. You know, they're very close. I would probably, I would probably say, in my personal opinion, that The Godfather. And I, to be honest, I couldn't even argue whether Godfather One or Godfather Two. You know, between them, because you nearly do take them as a piece. But um, I, I love Godfather One. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd probably say it um, over over Goodfellas, and like it is, it's just it's a lot of people at the peak of their powers. Yeah. You know, um, and of course, Pacino turned down playing the role of Jimmy because mm-hmm. he didn't want to get typecast as a mafia because he'd done it in The Godfather. Do you know what he turned that role down for? He tur- turned it down. I forget the name of the actual villain, but it's the villain in Dick Tracy. He turned it down. <laughs> oh, I can't remember his name. The name of that character. He's kind of going, terrible choice, because De Niro wasn't the first choice for Jimmy. It was that, always Pacino. That's hard to believe. Yeah. It's it's just one of those things. You yeah. just can't believe when other people are in those roles. Yeah, hard to believe. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, even, you know, it's just, it's it's a different movie from, uh, Goodfellas in the sense that it's actually it's within the family, yeah. you know, and and you see sort of this war hero, you know, yeah. is what he's billed as, and you see basically his transformation into, um, you know, a, a sort of a dawn, you yeah. know, it's it's yeah, it's a absolutely. really really nice journey, and it 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 is done, and I don't I think if they hadn't made the second one, you know, uh, then your your argument maybe wouldn't be the same because. Yeah. 
Oh, I know. I you know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> but again, um, it's like what I've said before with Terminator 2. And yeah. Terminator, like, you, you don't get the Godfather 2 without the term, without, yeah. Yeah, without yeah, Terminator. Yeah. Sorry, I'll start that. But again, <laughs> you don't get Godfather 2 without the first Godfather. Yeah, and yeah, I, certainly. Uh, Godfather 2 slow. I have mm-hmm. to say, you have, I have to be in the mood to watch Godfather 2, but I mean, it is a, to- it is a really rewarding watch. Yeah. And I, I love the whole stuff with De Niro in that as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's maybe him at his, but although again, you'd go into, um, you go into all his Scorsese yeah. works, yeah. and it's just but what too much. A, but what about you, Neil? Where do you fall down? Do you like it's good, fellas, for me. I, I, uh, I'm a fan of the Godfather films, but I think I think we kind of touched on it. I think it takes effort to sit down and watch the Godfather films. It well, I and said it's an effort, but it is undoubtedly, and it, but I, it's I, a I, great story. It's a rewarding effort, but I I can throw on as I said at the start of the show, I can. Come in halfway through Goodfellas, I can throw Goodfellas on, I can be just with it. But Godfather, there's a couple of times it's been on and I've kind of went halfway through it. You're kind of going, no, I'll maybe turn it on and come back to it. Yeah. But the pace, the pace of Goodfellas is a, is a big thing. Goodfellas is, is just a, such a massive package deal for me from the, from the acting to the dialogue, the cinematography, even mm. the soundtrack, man. Yeah. Alive. But it's one thing I wanted, I've, I realized what I like, talked about. It's all there in that yeah. and the, the Godfather, while they are great films and there are great performances in there, it's not quite, and that some people will be standing screaming, this is sacrilege, but it's not the total package for me okay. in terms of what a film mm-hmm. can be. It, it's great. I'm not knocking it in any way, shape, or form. It's, I love it. I'm a yeah. big fan of it. The box set proudly sits on my yeah. shelf, but the one I will reach for is good film. Yeah. It's, it's one thing you mentioned there. And just before I come to you, Jack, is, they're two completely, in terms of the soundtrack, they are mm. so different. Like when you think of The Godfather, you can't not think of the theme mm-hmm. from The Godfather. Yeah. But when I think of Goodfellas, I kind of think of stuff like Rag to Riches. Mm. I can't think, I can't hear that song without mm. thinking of Goodfellas. <laughs> and you've also got Roses Are Red is one of them as well. I think that's when they're doing the, we're going through the steady cam sequence, I think, or possibly yeah. when they're in the club, I think maybe in the club with the girlfriends. Mm-hmm. It's more of like a, ju- as I would call it like a jukebox soundtrack. And that music, that scene you're talking about in the wedding where they're spinning yeah. round and everything, the music that's there, can't, yeah. you can't hear that without thinking of that sequence as yeah. well. I can't remember the name of the piece yeah. of music. <laughs> but, but what what about you, Jack? Um, I hate this premise of having to choose between the Godfather. <laughs> well, you don't, well, here's the thing. You don't have to choose between them. No, I, no I will yeah. pick it. I think The Godfather is a better film. Okay. Both one and two. I, they just, I think they just are. I think it's okay. quite evident they are. Mm. But Goodfellas is great. But it's exactly what you're saying, Neil. It's so easy to get caught up in Goodfellas because of the pace. Yeah. Because it's like being on a drug. The whole thing is like a roller coaster. It just goes yeah. at such a lightning pace that it does not feel like two and a half hours. Yeah, even though it is. Yeah. Which is insane. Well, the Godfather is completely different in tone in mm-hmm. the way it's in, in every aspect. It's completely different in, um, the Godfather is like, like the great American novel. Yeah. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's so heavy. It's so meditative. It's so thematic as well. And, Every aspect that you could think of it is just an in hell of an amazing accomplishment. As well, to expand it over two films and to have them not only just complement one another, not only have them just like exceptional works of art, but just the, that you can't like, you can't think of one without the mm-hmm. other. Yeah. The story ends with Godfather <laughs> 1, but then it completely doesn't at the same time. It's really strange. I can't think of any other film that I would even compare that to. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, sorry. I mean, and like the script of Godfather is fabulous. It's just like an, it's just like an, you know, I, I, like I, again, I'm stuttering. I don't even know how to, the only other film I can think of in the seventies that American film that I think has as good a script is probably Chinatown. 
Okay. Yeah, it is a good, very good that's, performance. I mean, that, it's that kind of caliber. It's just incredible. The performances are amazing. I mean, Pacino is... There's nobody in Goodfellas who's as good as Pacino yeah. in, in The Godfather. There's nobody, I don't think, in Goodfellas who's as good as Diane Keaton yeah. in mm-hmm. both those films. Um, I Diane just think Ke- the But Diane Keaton's character is very different from yeah. Karen. From Karen this yeah. She's every, not, every she, yeah. She's not as she's not complicit. Like I mean, she is like completely out in the cold. Not in so much in the second Godfather Part Two, but definitely mm-hmm. in the first because I love that scene where she's kind of in. It's the closing sequence where they kind of he has become the dawn and the door is shut on her, and that's kind of yeah. There's their life, and then there's him as the dawn. I mean, that's amazing. That yeah. is such a beautiful way yeah. to show that mm-hmm. cinematically. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean. We were talking about the cinematography in Goodfellas. I mean, The Godfather is one of those films that changed the way people shot movies. Yeah. And you often hear that term thrown around a lot, but this one genuinely did. The dark so, shadows. And so stuff would like Goodfellas that. as well. Like, I mean, Good, Goodfellas has a lot of things that, like, like you would kind of think it's kind of, you wouldn't think it's direct. Okay, granted, I have to put it in hindsight. Like, Scorsese, I, when you think of Scorsese now, you always think of the kind of the, the old Scorsese now mm-hmm. when you picture him. When you look back at like when he's like young, he, when he looks weirdly, when I look back at young Scorsese, he looks really like my dad. I'm not saying he is my dad, but he has like, you can't think, <laughs> you can't think of Scorsese with like a black beard or anything like that. Yeah. But I mean, like the way it's like, like there's a sequence in Goodfellas where like there's the freeze frame. you like, like not many, like, okay, freeze frame. It's like you're not meant to do that in film editing. Okay. Maybe oh, this is more no. than. But I mean, it's kind of, it was seen. No, I kind of know what you mean, but I It think... was seen as a film that broke the rules. You've got like a film yeah. that switches narrators. You've got a film that has freeze frames and a really overly loud soundtrack. Like, mm-hmm. like the soundtrack kind of takes over from the actual dialogue at times. Yeah. Maybe that's just me, but I think it's a film. I think Scorsese himself said it like good fellas. Goodfellas themselves broke the rules, so the film had to break the rules, and that's why. <laughs> that's why I think I can see just in the way you're talking about The Godfather having a legacy and an impact on cinema. I definitely think like you you can look at Goodfellas the same and say. See, I'm not entirely sure. I think Goodfellas, the way it's shot, is is great. It fits mm-hmm. the the narrative of the film perfectly, but all the aspects of it you can trace back. The soundtrack, for example, you can go back to Mean Streets, which I think yeah. is even. Yeah. Better, I think well, that's the way it works thematically yeah. with that as well. Yeah. Plus the way um, I'm talking about freeze frames. The thing about Scorsese and his direction is that he idolizes cinema itself, and he always picks from his favorites. And one of them is Hitchcock. Yeah, there's so much of Goodfellas looks like a Hitchcock film, and mm-hmm. the freeze frame and things like that is total Truffaut and yeah. new wave stuff and things like that. He, he amalgamates all these different techniques. And just, just, just uh, like every possible cinematic thing you can think of, he just throws it at you to tell yeah. you on this story. But with The Godfather, it's, I think it's even more ambitious because it actually takes its time. Yeah. And it decides, Oh, no, I, I, I agree with but you. But maybe that's just me. No, I agree with you. Like, I'm saying. I, I do not <laughs> want to, I don't want to listen But I love Goodfellas. Yeah. I absolutely adore oh, it. Oh, it is. Yeah. Adore it's, it's Sophie's it's, choice. I know. It's Sophie's exactly. it, it is Sophie's choice. I was choice. asking you before this do you podcast. Like the right hand or your left What do you do? But it is like there's so many things. I don't want to get sidetracked too much to talk about Goodfell or The Godfather. Mm. But I mean, there's so many things. Like I love that sequence in the hospital with mm-hmm. Marlon Brando when Pacino comes to him, and just there's the tear from Brando. Yeah. Because when you look at Brando, like, like when you hear the stories of Brando, like on the island of Doctor Moreau, where he was getting his lines done <laughs> yeah. by uh, by radio. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't want to learn yeah. a script with Apocalypse Now. He didn't learn yeah. a script. With uh, the score was horribly oh, yeah. overweight, and again didn't learn his dialogue. Yeah. You kind of go, that's the kind of Brando you kind of saw, and you kind of go, this is a Brando 
actually given a fantastic, fantastic performance. But anyway, I'm going to open it out. Any other mob films you want to talk about? Like the other one I mentioned there, of course, was Scarface, which often sometimes get talked about, which I'm not a huge fan of. Watched it once or twice, and I think if ever there was a film that did glamorize the mafia and the mo- <laughs> I think Scarface is the film. <laughs> and all I really remember, there's couple, only it's scenes and moments from Scarface I remember, but I wouldn't say I could remember like start to finish. Uh, I think it's a bit, it's the fact that it's so outlandish, yeah. maybe, um, by comparison to the ones that we were discussing, but again, it's, it's actually a really, Nice, and I've probably used this term, but it's 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 the American dream, yeah. You know, it's it's and it's it's really from start to finish the American dream, and and you know what people will do to achieve a higher standing in life. There's some fantastic scenes yeah. in Scarface. I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't put it on a level yeah. of anything that we're talking about. But um, I mean, even from the the camps that they are in the underpass, you know, um, right the way up to some of the um, club scenes, yeah. you know, and I'm obviously. You know, say hello to my little friend. This is yeah. one of the most mocked, yeah. <laughs> yeah. reiterated. I I just love like in terms of women in, in these films, Michelle Pfeiffer in that film. Yeah. Again, yeah. she's yeah. again another very complicated female character within a, in a within a this type of genre. Uh, anything else, guys? You want to talk? Because we'll move on and talk a wee bit about Scorsese's dabbles with the mob. But anything mm-hmm. else you want to talk about? Have you ever seen the original Scarface, the one Howard Hawks made in the thirties? No. no, that's that's really worth okay. seeing. It's really, I think it's much better than the De Palma one. Okay, it's really, really good. It's worth checking okay. out. Okay, because um, I'm I'm trying to think of before Maximo, I, I can't think of the last great gangster film. Like I, I know it was on the other night. And I have to say, I watched it again for the first time in the ages. Uh, the film that really disappointed me, Michael Mann's Michael Mann's Public Enemy. With yeah, uh, yeah, 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 with really? Johnny Depp and Christian Bale, I remember kind of going thinking, you got Michael Mann, Christian Bale, <laughs> Marion Cotillard, Johnny mm. Depp, and you're kind of going, yeah, this should work on paper. <laughs> this is like three of my favorite things. Yeah, you've gone tick, and tick, it's just tick, such a, and you go, oh, it's just such an underwhelming. It's like it's not even an exciting film, and that's something for Michael Mann. Yeah, no, it's. Can I just think of any recent really good? Not really good. I mean, you got the one that was built up for. Over a year before it came out, which was American Gangster, which oh, yeah. again it sort of failed. That's Ridley to, Scott, isn't it? Yeah, 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 and it was you know it was Denzel at the height of his sort of powers as well. Oh, I mean, yeah, maybe it's just one of those things like westerns. Like I mean, maybe it's just it's it's people have said that westerns have had their time, but I mean westerns mm. seem to be increasingly kind of coming back and creeping in. Of course, you've got DiCaprio's kind of pseudo western coming mm. out later this year. Mm. Um, I, I was just a question that came to mind there. So, I don't, Jack, can you think of any? Um, not that you mentioned it. I can't really. Um, the I only one I can think of gang- blank without going to an, another Scorsese film. Yeah, I can't. I can't actually do because the one I the one I'm Scorsese is Ryan Gosling and oh, it wasn't good. Oh, you know Ryan Gosling and it was like the Gangster Squad, wasn't it? Gangster Squad. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. No, no. But I mean, there was a film that had a great cast, and you've got because you got Sean Penn, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, Josh, somebody else. There was another female. No, Josh Brolin. Yeah, yeah, Brolin. It was. It was just, kind of, I can't remember who directed that. It was someone you're kind of, it was someone. I remember, it was a, no, I can't remember actually. I think it's a name that you would expect more of. Yeah. I think. Or, and I just remember watching it and just kind of going, eh, it's nothing exciting. There but, was the French one, um, oh, Marine. Yes. The one brilliant Marine. film. That was yes. actually public yes. enemy number one. That was yeah, really, yeah, really yeah. Good. I think that was, uh, off the top of my head, that's the only one I can think of, of the past maybe 10 years or so. Well, 
the reason why I've asked that is because there is, of course, the, the one, the one film that Scorsese finally won, of course, the Oscar 2006 with The, the, the Departed. Very different kind of mobster film. Um, but we'll come back to The Departed in a minute. But of course, uh, Goodfellas, of course, as we, as you mentioned there, Jack, wasn't the first time that Scorsese mm-hmm. had dabbled with the mob. You've got Mean Streets. Uh, there's other films as well. You've got Gangs of New York and The Departed, as I mentioned. And it is kind of dabbled from what I remember in Raging Bull as well. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. um, who wants to start off in this? Who wants to? Because I mean, Main Streets, Main Street is a film I haven't seen in a long, long time. I was going to try and get it earlier this week on Netflix because it had been added, but it yeah, has very yes, quickly yeah. been removed as well. Really? Yeah, yeah, depressingly. I actually watched it for the first time probably about a month ago. Okay. And thoroughly enjoyed it. Like it really was. And, and so much of his work is already there. You know, he's so developed yeah. at, at a really yeah, early absolutely. stage absolutely. in his career. Um, like you were saying earlier with the lighting, I mean, there's some great scenes in that. The, the scene where he takes, uh, he takes De Niro away, he plays Johnny Boy. Mm-hmm. And De Niro plays a character that you don't really get to see De Niro ever really play, which yeah. is, um, like a schmuck. You know, yeah, a schmuck. To use Scorsese's Ex- probably language. Exactly. Yeah, just, yeah. You know, um, which is, is fantastic. And I mean, uh, Harvey Cattell really just holds the movie and lets De Niro really star. And I, I think it's, I mean, it, it really is sort of a breakout role for De Niro. Yeah. Um, as well as I think like the legacy of that film, I would argue that's even, even more so than Goodfellas. Like I would actually agree with that. Yeah. Because a lot of his techniques were already there. Yeah. You know, and that's going back to 1973. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean, to, to sort of not underplay what, what it has and, and what Goodfellas has done. Um, he was, it's it, the accomplishment he made there as a very, I think it was his second feature film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it really, really was fantastic. And, and there's so many great characters and it is, it's, it's a different side of, you know, the gangster sort of life. It's, it's, you know, very low on the totem pole, um, as opposed to some of the grander works. Yeah. And, and it's a really nice view of, of, of the people, you know, the bottom feeders nearly at it. It's, it's, as it's a long time since I've seen, I think I might have seen it one night in film four. And it's just what I love about it. And even the same with Goodfellas, as you said, like the, it was all there, the roughness of it and yeah. the edginess of it. And I mean, it, it's not, it's not made. And, and I don't think Scorsese ever would really be that type of director, but it's not really made for a mainstream audience. Mm. I, mean, I would say maybe his most mainstream film is the likes of something like Hugo or something like that. Mm. Even but Shutter I mean, Island. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not, well, even, Sh- even Shutter Island, whether you like it or not, it, it's still got a bit of an edge to it. And mm. I mean, but it's not made. I don't think Scorsese, when he always tries to make a film, he tries to. That sounds a silly thing to say. When he makes a film, he always tries to make a film. He tries to do something with that mm. film. Well, I think there's so many directors out there who'll just go like, like slot A and slot B and just move away, mm-hmm. and that's their film done. I think he always brings something to it. But yeah. Yeah, that's just me, maybe just. Yeah, I absolutely love Mean Streets. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorites. I think it's one of Scorsese's best as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's super, super good. I think it's his first masterpiece, mm-hmm. and. Um, no, Jim, you should definitely rewatch it and check it out. Plus, um, what you were saying is like it's it's much um rougher on the edges. It's not the sleek, polished yeah. thing that that Goodfellas is. But again, that was a lot of nineteen or the early nineteen seventy cinema as well, like freaking the French Connection and that yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, there's so much, so so much. I mean, it's one of Scur- to to appreciate in this film. But I think it's probably Scorsese's most personal film as well because it was a film that he made in response to those were the actual streets he grew up in. Mm-hmm. Those were that was his childhood. That's what he knew. And his father was actually a kind of a hoodlum that 
the likes of which are depicted in the film. And I, you could just see that he poured his heart into making this film. And the fact that it's so accomplished and he was so young at the time as well when he made it. And it, it, it just solidified everything that you now associate with Scorsese yeah. in that one film. I think it's fabulous. Indeed. I, I wouldn't, I would not disagree with any of that. Uh, moving on, of course, other ones I've got here, of course, is Gangs of New York. What about Casino? Oh, yeah, Casino. Yes. Mm. Apologies. It's hard to believe that it's, it's 1990, that it's as late yeah. in his sort of career as that. Um, it's again, the partnership, the, the sort of golden goose that has laid so many eggs yeah. for, for both De Niro and, and Scorsese. And I don't love it. I don't love it at all. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't yeah. love it. And I think it just, it's, it was too much. It was too similar yeah. in some respects to Goodfellas. Yeah, it was it's kind of like, Goodfellas done in a casino. And it was kind of mm. like as if kind of going, well, the really, everyone really liked Goodfellas. Let's redo <laughs> yeah. that, but we'll get Sharon Stone in. Yeah. Uh, Joe Pesci's brilliant in casino and he yeah, does come in terms of grisly ends. If he came to a bad end <laughs> yeah. in Goodfellas, he comes to quite possibly the nastiest death. I think I've, I've still, Possibly seen the long time with the, the buried alive sequence. Him and his brother, I think, just are, I can't remember, there's, there's two of them just get in the, in the, in the yeah, field and yeah. they just, it's the, yeah, it's, it's the bit where they just cut to them on the ground and they're throwing the dirt over them and you can't recognize them. They've just mm. been battered My that God. badly. Um, but Sharon Stone is brilliant in Casino. Oh, it's like, made for? Yes. She just plays. Next prostitute. She does, she just plays that kind of femme fatale kind of, I can't remember, is it Ginger her character is? Yeah, Ginger. Yeah, Ginger her character is. She's just excellent in that film. Yeah, mm. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm not yeah, a yeah. massive casino. It's a bit of a, hmm, <laughs> that's grand. Yeah. If like, if I had Casino and Goodfellas in my hand, both on DVD, I'd watch Goodfellas every time. Twice. Yeah. Um, I just, I, again, it's like what we talked about with the Godfather. I kind of have to be in the mood to watch Casino. If that makes sense, or yeah, yeah. I will go to a film screen at oh, the show in casino. I might go see it in the film. That means you're kind of you have to sit and watch it. Mm-hmm. But if it's on TV, it's just too easy to maybe have an ad break and then comes up, flick. Yeah, let's throw another episode of Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on then. Of course, uh, we've got the next. Of course, one would be is uh, Gangs of New York. Has has fans. Neil made a face, and I agree with that face. <laughs> some people like it, some people don't like it. I, I think it's a terribly flawed film, but it does have a great sense of performance by Daniel day I feel like I need to revisit Gangs in New York. I watched it a long, long time ago, and I remember being a little bit bored by it. It's nearly three hours. It's two hours, 40. It, it was kind of mm. depicted as this epic yeah. thing, mm. and it really for me at that time wasn't now that's a lot of years ago did it come out what 2000 2006 2002 2002 so i watched it very shortly after it came out and it didn't quite connect with me i might go back and revisit but and again it's one of those things like we're talking about the public enemies thing it's like daniel day lewis tick leonardo dicaprio tick martin scorsese well this is the thing do you think that would have been a ticket because i mean i i might be wrong here but was that dicaprio's first Work yeah, with Scorsese, and then of course he went yeah, on was, to yeah. the the Aviator, and then did um, the Wolf of Wall Street, right. oh, Shutter Island, Shutter, Shutter Island, Island as well, of course. Because um, I think that was like he was kind of maybe coming out of because you will know this because you pop up film club mm-hmm. screen this like when was Titanic ninety seven? No ninety eight. No ninety eight. Two sec. No, um, I thought it, I thought it was ninety eight. So I mean, he was still kind of very much because you know I think there's a problem that I, and Romeo. There was that. I think he was still seen as the pretty boy, and I think it's you the problem was I. I really like. I think Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio was a fantastic actor. Completely. Agree. Uh, there was that film, and then around the same time there was The Beach, which I have a soft mm-hmm. spot for. I know yeah, a lot of people don't like it. Agree. 
I have a soft spot for, and I think people could not see Leonardo DiCaprio as like this kind, that kind of role when it's like, you're the pretty boy. You are like, you, your job is to look beautiful. You're like Mr. Calvin Klein. Mm. And I think speaking that, of, sorry, don't cut across you, but speaking of beautiful, isn't Cameron Diaz and yes, but she's yeah. not very beautiful well. in this film as and well. she's not very good. Yeah. But I will say she's not very good. <laughs> very ropey accent. Hasn't she's she? not very good, and she does have a ropey accent. I think Bagara. She, she might possibly, I think, get nude. I think, but I might be wrong. <laughs> no, is she ginger in that film as well? Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, she does. She's always but, wearing red. Because she had kind of, I think that was her. Because she had, she, of course, Cameron Diaz. Think of a beautiful actress, but she had done like being John Malkovich, where she's completely on Cameron Diazy. And I might have invented a word there, Cameron to, to Cameron Deasy. Um, <laughs> I, I forget that. But <laughs> I, I have a, I haven't watched it in a while. I like the idea of what Scorsese was trying to do in that film was he was trying to show the people that built New York, and of course that last scene was some people groaned at where it kind of shows mm. the Twin Towers, and it was of course shot after the Twin Towers had been destroyed, and that was his whole idea that it wanted to be a film about the people that built. New York, that mm. not necessarily a film that wanted to destroy it, mm. and mm-hmm. like, you've got a lot of good. You've got like Liam Neeson in there, I think, as a small yes, role. He He's as Irish, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And but I it, yeah, I think it's a film that I don't know. I have to rewatch it, and it's been a long time since I've seen it. But I liked it, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't overly go if you had to see a Scorsese film. I know there's parts of it that I really like, but no. Nah. Mm. Yeah, and that's the fact that none of us have seen it in a long while. Yeah. But Space Daniel Day-Lewis is amazing in that role. I wa- yeah, I watched it. I watched it about a year ago. Okay. Um, and again, you watch it for Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean, to be He's honest, terrifying. Watch, Isn't it the butcher yeah, or something? The butcher, the butcher. Yeah, the butcher. Um, and yeah, I mean, he is, there's some great scenes and, you know, the, you get into sort of his method sort of of acting and, and the fact that he went and learned how to become a butcher. Yeah. You know, in that whole sort of, um, you know, and, and didn't talk to his wife and came in smelling of meat all the time. And, um, you do whenever you compare him. And I think maybe that's why Cameron Diaz gets such a bad yeah. sort of, is that she has to act opposite him yeah. and be believable. And it just doesn't, doesn't work. It is very long. I, I'm in the same, I watched it, you know, however many years mm-hmm. ago and find myself getting really bored. Yeah. And I came and I revisited it and, there's some really nice set pieces in it and some really nice scenes. But as a film, it is sort of intrinsically flawed in a way that, that I can't really talk about most Martin Scorsese yeah. films, you know. Um, it is, it's so, it's so long. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so overdrawn. And I think and, up until The Wolf of Wall Street, I think it might have been his longest film. Yeah. Possibly. Right. And even then, like, I know we're jumping to The Wolf of Wall Street. I think Scorsese wanted it to be a four hour. Eat, like reluctantly cut it down to three hours. Um, uh, the last one that I've got here is the the Departed, and mm-hmm. I think it's of course the, the reason why I've got it here is because this is the film that Scorsese finally won an Oscar for. When it was basically let's give it to him before he dies type yeah. of thing. Yeah, I I do like The Departed. Again, it's a film I've watched it a couple of times. Um, I love maybe like it's maybe not the main characters, but it's the like of Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. Like I love Mark Wahlberg. Every second word is an expletive. Expletives <laughs> are used as punctuation throughout this. But you've got like I'm just looking through. I've got it written down here. You've got a great cast. You've got Jack Nicholson, DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg, Martin Sheen, Alec Baldwin. That is a cast. Yeah, that is up there with Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross for me in terms of cast listing. And everybody, like Martin Sheen's great in that film. Jack Nicholson just chews the scenery. Like he's he just, just like, Jack yeah. Yeah. he, he does and he doesn't. I mean, he, I would say he maybe even surpasses even, 
even any of his Jack Nicholson kind of performances. He yeah. outdoes himself. Cause he, he's just, he's, I just love that, like the whole isn't it the whole thing about the rat. It's like he kind of goes, yeah. There's oh, a bit where he kind of goes, that's wonderful. Yeah, like you're just like a rat, I'll, you know. And you've got there and again talking about when people maybe couldn't take like uh, DiCaprio seriously with uh, Gangs of New York. You've got Matt Damon, Matt Damon, mm-hmm. who around that time was still the cap was the Team America, Matt Damon type yeah. of person. And you're gonna go, hang on, Matt Damon's a good actor, yeah. And he holds yeah. his own. Like I love DiCaprio's journey in that. Yeah. Mm. Of course, without Departed, yeah, I do prefer Internal Affairs, which of course it was based on. Yeah. Um, it's a better film, and I think it's it's sad that of all like we've mentioned a few films. You've got you, you've I'm sure we've mentioned Raging Bull, we've mentioned mm-hmm. Mean Streets, um, Taxi Driver, Taxi Driver. Sorry, King of Comedy. I'm King of Comedy is a great film. It's that. it's That's the it's the overlooked. Oh. Not Master so much Scorsese film, but it's the overlooked De Niro film so often with mm. people. But I mean, when you kind of think of the great films he's made, you kind of go, it's The Departed, which is a good film, but... It's nowhere near as good as no. Taxi Driver no. or Raging Boar, any no. of those classics. No. No. The fact that he won an Oscar for that is exactly what you said. It was it's a lifetime like, achievement, Oscar. Ha- exactly, yeah. 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 We haven't, we should have given it to him for Taxi Driver, we should have given the full list. We're going to try and make it up by giving it to him now. Yeah. yeah. Anything else, guys, yeah. you want to say about The Departed? Just watch good films instead. Yeah, I do. I do love. I do love like the Simpsons parody of the 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 reference to Departed. Like, it's kind of like forget what episode it is, but it's just like it kind of like it just kind of takes all the subtlety out of that final scene where you've got City Hall and you've got the rat run across. Oh right! And kind of Ralph <laughs> kind of comes up and kind of kind of go like Ralph points out what they're trying to say, and you're like kind of going, "Yeah, okay." Simpsons are quite genius. Then lastly, gents. But just because I, I just wanted to mention this, of course, was Wolf of Wall Street. A lot of comparisons between it and Goodfellas, same kind of narration, same kind of style, same kind of unredemptive central character, central protagonist, of course, with Jordan Belfort, who doesn't really regret anything that he's done. In fact, he kind of sees now as he is. He would see himself as a hero, of course. That's, mm. of course, Jordan Belfort's ego. But like uh, Henry Hill, so like Wolf Wall Street, I kind of think it is kind of Scorsese kind of taking that mobster idea from Goodfellas and saying, these guys were the these guys are the mobsters, the gangsters of of the new year of the naughties. Yeah, mm. they are they are the guys who rise from nothing and do the penny coupon yeah. skit <laughs> to get themselves into Wall Street and mm-hmm. then yeah. on. Like they, it's again we've talked about it before. It's the the American dream. You start off with nothing yeah. and you work your way up and then you just go bucked daft. Yeah. In the case of Wolf of Wall Street, you just Buy boats and coke yeah. and <laughs> throw police off your boat and just go, yeah, get out. Yeah. That type of thing. It's great. I, I'm a big fan of it. Like, I, out of all the ones we kind of talked about, now, I haven't seen Main Street. That's my only caveat okay. on this. But out of all the ones we've talked about, Goodfellas and, and, uh, Wolf of Wall Street are the, are the two that okay. I have the most love for, I think. I do, I do like, I mean, you mentioned that, uh, Goodfellas zips along at a two and a half hour pace. Like, yeah, this, Wolf of Wall Street zips along at a th- mm-hmm. when you realize you've been in for three hours. Yeah. 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 It's hard to believe. I, I came out of Wolf of Wall Street and thought that's like this generation's Goodfellas yeah. in a way mm-hmm. because of, like you said, the, the kind of switch of who are the gangsters now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like for, for a generation coming out, if you're, if you were 18 going into Wolf of Wall Street, that is your Goodfellas mm-hmm. in many ways, I think, because and Paris thought that anybody in Hollywood ever goes, do you know what we should remake? Have you ever seen Goodfellas? And a whole generation get a mm-hmm, busted yeah. remake version of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It'll happen. They they don't need that because they have the Wolf of Wall Street. They're fine. <laughs> Leave it. 
it could uh, isn't it Rob Reiner isn't he in that film as well he's like their yeah, kind of the fixer the on the film I barely, well, barely I, I love Rob Reiner in this yeah. film like I mean he's, <laughs> that's he, one of the things about Wolf Water is really funny as well yeah yeah but yeah. I really like Wolf Water I think it's very very good I don't think it's as good as Goodfellas the, but I think it's still very good but the, on, the only thing my problem is I, and I, I never thought as a redheaded male I was hit there's too much boobage. There's too much, like, there's <laughs> yeah. too much sex in it. And I mean, like, when you're kind of going, I was struggling to get it from four hours to three. It's like, surely, like, there's a whole scene, although I do love it, is that his, uh, Jordan's stag do. Mm-hmm. When they're going oh, on yeah. the, oh, and the plane, right. you're like kind of going, I've never yeah. played. That must be what it feels like to go first class. They definitely don't get that type of service <laughs> in economy. Yeah. Then you just kind of show like the, anything that the hangover guys can do, like this to the destruction. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. it's Vegas they go to and yeah. they completely destroy the, the suite that they're in. Yeah. The film kind of treads very, very close to being exploitative and leering in that kind of sense. But I think a lot like Goodfellas, that's the point. I mean, when this came out, it was really, really, it was very hotly debated because a lot of people were condemning it again for yeah. the exact same reason that we're condemning Goodfellas about that possible, uh, you know, glamorizing violence. But this is glamorizing that lifestyle. But I think the point of Wolf of Wall Street, the reason that when you exit that movie, I'll, the thing that I was felt and a lot of people I went with it felt afterwards is just how angry it made them feel. And just that these people do all this is bring the world's economy to its absolute knees and just yeah. before it's about to deliver the death blow they just go you know what we'll slap them on the wrist and say just don't do it again and then Jordan Belfort gets a book deal he gets a movie yeah. made after him he gets a cameo in the film yeah, and all this the, kind of thing just, just before think, the credits are you serious it's exactly the same thing that happens to Henry Hill at the end you yeah. think he has the nerve to complain about this lifestyle mm-hmm. and he is and I think but that's very intentional and a lot of people say well wouldn't many people see this and think I want to be like that I want to live like that but I think if you actually think like that then I think you completely misread the film yeah. I, I would agree I I would agree because I mean there is that kind of moment where he kind of talks about it's been a while since I've seen it where he kind of has that moment with, isn't it the moment with God where they're out in the yeah the boat the, the boat I think they're about uh, to die and you're kind of going yeah. that's it's it's again it reminds me of Henry Hill it's that kind of going it's just desperation mm. I mean any other circumstances you would not I mean if you never get caught anything like that you would still be doing what you're doing you would never turn around and say I have seen the error of my ways here's all my money back and uh, the other good thing about that film of course is Margot Robbie oh, who, um just kind of that was when I was introduced to Margot Robbie. And, oh yeah, and the line, "What is it, Daddy?" I can't. I'm not even doing impersonation because I don't think you could. I don't <laughs> think you. Could, I don't think you could. Don't. I, you couldn't take it, Jack. I don't think we'll agree, and I actually really like that for a podcast. It's hard to, as you said, it is Sophie's choice, Jack. Like choosing between which of the two, the good fellow, yeah, which I think good fellows, like, which mood am I in? Yeah, I think it comes in that. Well, that's a key question. Then what, mm. what? What? So, what mood do you have to be in then to watch either or? Um, I think uh, I don't know. <laughs> <Is this question? laughs> just, just, just did you mention it? Just kind of mentioned. Um, I have to be in the mood. Like, I mean, are you, if, if you're, you're in an aggressive mood, like if you're like, an aggressive, you had a really bad day. What are you going to go watch? It's like, uh, well, it's like are you in the mood for like a really, really, really high end fine dining restaurant, or are you in the mood okay. for like a really, really nice homely meal? It's okay. like, I don't know. <laughs> but what if you want to be? What, what if you want a Big Mac? Uh, <laughs> then go for the departed. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like what you did there. Okay, so gentlemen, I, I Can think... Can I just throw in a little shameless plug, though? Okay. I wrote about Goodfellas on the blog. Uh, okay. my, one of my things, um, Jack McFadden at WordPress.com. Okay. That if you want to read about it more, then please okay. do. No problem. We will send me the link and I will retweet it. Okay, guys. Well, thank you very much for taking part in the show. Um, so thank you very much, Jack. Thank you very much, James. Thank you. Thank you very thank much, Nate. Cheers. We'll be back again next week. All right, bye.
This has been We Need to Talk About Movies. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit banterflix.com. See you next time.